It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, August 31st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. That is so thrilled to welcome Joe Yurden to the show to talk about the Sabres, the Flyers, and so much more. It'll be fun. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we do have a signing to talk about. Very excited about that. Our our last man standing. Yep. And then we will get directly into the first part of our conversation with Joe Yarden. We had such a good time talking to him. We're going to actually make it two parts and, and you'll have bonus time with him on another day. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Russ, Hayden Hodgson, our last remaining RFA, got that contract, and it was a Chuck Fletcher go-to move. It's oh, yeah. a two-year, two-way, one-way contract, 800K for the NHL salary. And uh, we, were, we were getting a little nervous for Hayden there, but he got it done. Yep. Yep. It was one of those rubber stamp contracts that Chuck seems to be doing, but now I'm happy for him because I felt like of a, out of a lot of players last year, he had a lot to prove, right? Because if he didn't do anything with the flyers last year, I don't think they're re-signing him for this year. And maybe he doesn't even get any other shots at the NHL ever again. Like that's just the way his career has gone. He's had such a sojourn to get here that, you know, I felt good for him. Uh, it's one of those stories that you really like, and so you root for guys like that. And so, yeah, I'm rooting for him. You know, maybe Torts finds something in him and says, you know, I like you better than, you know, and it could be <laughs> it could be Zach McEwen. He might say, hey, this guy gives me more scoring opportunity, and, you know, Zach doesn't. Who knows? But there is a possibility that he could um, work out with this coach, with the type of hockey that he plays, and the fact that, um, you know, as a bigger guy, he does tend to score goals around the net. It's not going to be a lot, but hey, he gets a shot now. He does. And of course, he was sort of a journeyman in the ECHL for a little bit there, got a shot with the Reading Royals, who then, you know, sent him up to the Phantoms, where, you know, he was second on the Phantoms in goals mm-hmm. for this past season in 46 games, which is pretty remarkable 19 goals in 46 games for an ECHLer, you know, as he was yeah. being touted. Um, he had a goal and two assists in six games for the Flyers, which I think, you know, definitely proved that he could hang. And, and so that's what got him the contract. Yeah. And he, he could hang. And if he had a really good summer, you know, he's a guy that preseason will matter to matter to, to make, you know, to try and this is a new coach and, you hope that this new coach 
doesn't have a lot of these spots mentally filled in his head already. So a guy like this has a chance. Yeah, I, I definitely love what competition is coming up at training camp. It should be a lot of fun. All right. With that, we are going to head directly into our conversation with Joe Yarden. All right. So we are thrilled to welcome back to Locked On Flyers, Joe Yarden from Bleacher Report and Maintenance Day Podcast. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, it, we're we're getting we're getting the machine fired up here for for hockey because I, I looked at the calendar and oh boy, it's it's almost here. I can't believe it. It's close. It's very it's it's very it's creepily close. Yes, we are just talking about that on Monday show with the September coming this week. So we're almost there. Everybody's like, when you know, is it October yet? And I'm like let's slow our roll a little bit like let's let's just wait a, let's wait a second we'll be okay we'll, we'll get there we'll get there all right uh of course you are known i would say for the most part for covering the sabers so how goes it in sabers land uh how are people feeling about the off season i don't think the off season was very exciting for people but i think they're just excited about uh, the team in general, uh, based on, you know, how they, how they wrapped up the season last year and, uh, how exciting it was to see, uh, Tage Thompson break out the way he did, you know, coming out of the blue to score 38 goals. I mean, he scored, he scored more goals than I think he had points in the NHL his previous three <laughs> or four seasons. So I, it's, it's wild. Um, but with him, you know, Jeff Skinner looked like the Jeff Skinner of old last year. Uh, and everybody loves hearing Party of the USA at home for his goal song. So, so there was that. And uh, Alex Tuck really embraced uh, coming to Buffalo. I mean, he's from near, he's from outside Syracuse and grew up a Sabres fan. And, you know, they showed off all the pictures of him wearing the, uh, you know, the old Goathead jersey and talking about those, you know, the 06 team. Like he loved the 06 team. And I'm like, are you even old enough to have had seen the 06 team? I'm like, yeah, no, he, he was. But, um, you know, Kyle Pozo had a great season. People, you know, people love seeing that. Everybody loves Kyle. So uh, mm -hmm. a lot of reasons to be excited about the team. You know, they got some young guys coming. Darlene looked fantastic at the end of last year. So a lot of reasons for people to be excited about them. I hope it doesn't lead to expectations being too high for them right now. Um, but there's there's a lot to like about this group because they, uh, they, they seem to like each other. Winning helps that, but. Uh, but there are some guys that are really working out that really worked out well last year that you hope can continue to do that next season or this season. Oh my God. I'm still caught up between seasons here. Jeez. Yeah, that's okay. Talking about one of their prospects, Jack Quinn had a great year mm -hmm. with Rochester. The question is like, I don't believe he's a center. I know there was a time they thought that maybe they were going to try him out at center. Are they finally realizing, Hey, he's going to be a wing and does he have a chance to make this team as a winger? Or is he going back to Rochester? Uh, well, to answer the position question, they, they tried him at center a couple of different times. Um, mostly the beginning, you know, in camp last year, they're like, all right, let's see what he can do at center. And I was like, guys, listen, if you want to get a center in there, draft a center. You had right. multiple centers you could have drafted at that spot. You know, you picked a guy that's a 50 goal winger in the OHL, play him at the wing because that's where he's good. But they're like, well, right. we got to see what he's doing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I guess with Thompson, it worked out great because he was a winger forever. They put him at center and he's a, a dynamic center. So, um, but they tried it. It wasn't the right fit. He's a winger. Um, 
Now, does he make the team? The way he performed last year, I would say he absolutely has to make the team, but he basically brought back the same exact roster as they did last year. And it's going to be the competition's going to be very stiff. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm very, I don't know if this is like a, a great plan by them to make it so that us, uh, you know, line maker people in the beginning of the season or have like a hard time trying to figure it out. But well, it's top um, nine or bust for him, right? You can't put him on a fourth line. So I would, I would almost say like I, I would need him in the top six. I think top nine's probably okay. Granado's, when it comes to divvying up the minutes, Granado's a little bit more relaxed with that. Like he's not as, he's not as hard of a, uh, you know, play the top two lines for 20 minutes, you know, third line gets 12 minutes, fourth line gets eight minutes. Like he's not that, he doesn't roll the guys that way. He's still pretty fair about, you know, equal time and, and all that stuff. But um, I would, oh, I almost feel like I need to see Quinn on that second line. Cause I don't think, I don't think anybody's touching the first line, you know, it's Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. I think that's, I think that's set in stone. Second and third lines get a little bit, it's a little bit different. I think there's, it's open for interpretation there. So, uh, but yeah, I, to me, Quinn has to make the team. I, I, I just don't see what else he has to gain by going back to the AHL, but it's still a possibility it could happen. I, to me, I, I think he's going to be the guy that's going to have his, his hair is going to be on fire because he didn't score any goals in the playoffs, the AHL playoffs. And he wasn't hurt, you know, cause the, the way his luck was going, we were thinking like, well, he's got to be playing hurt. Something's got to be wrong. Uh, he wasn't hurt for the whole playoffs, and he finally looked good in that last series against Utica. No, no, Laval. Um, he looked good against Laval, had some bad luck there, but still didn't score any goals. Um, so w- he's been really good about answering mistakes. Well, not mistakes, but just tough times. Like his first AHL season, you know, that weird, you know, the, the yeah. weird shortened season. And he, he scored four- some goals that year, yeah. He did, but it was a horrible season. Like he yeah. had a he had a very bad season. Hot take alarm coming through here, but um, uh, <laughs> hot but he, buffalo. Yeah, it's it, every it's our it's our maintenance day thing that every time the uh, the, the fire engines <laughs> go by, it's the hot take alarm. So, um, <laughs> but he but no, but Quinn Quinn had a very rough time is that first AHL season. Which I mean, listen, he's nineteen. You're nineteen playing the AHL. That's hard. Yeah, that's really hard. So, uh, but he bounced back with a monster year last year. So, uh, I've I'm pretty confident that he he's gonna make the NHL team and he's gonna he's gonna have a very strong. But that's just me. And again, that hot take. Oh, I think it's possible. I myself. So, uh, we'll be back with more with Joe Yarden coming up next. But first, we're gonna hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, and all the info leading up to the upcoming NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf, too. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to scores, podcasts, and more. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Sabres picked Matthew Savoy in the draft this year, who's somebody that we talked a lot about on the show as a possibility for the Flyers. We were maybe hoping they would take a chance on him uh, being a, a little bit of a smaller guy. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your take on the pick and how do you think he fits into the Sabres depth right now? I love that pick. Um, I think I think when I, I, 
was sitting down with Russ. Jeez, it was like a month before the draft, I think it was. You're, you're rolling through Buffalo for some oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. We got talking, and you had mentioned – I believe it was you had mentioned that Savoy might slip down the board. I did. And that Buffalo was sort of interested. In and I was position. Like, yeah. I, was, I was like, they got it. I was like, that's the guy to take. Like, if if he falls into your lap, that's the guy you got to grab because the talents, talents outstanding, the skills outstanding, the speed's great. I know the size worries people, but I don't know, man. If you're five nine and you can fill the net, who cares? Right? Like, it's I don't. Listen, I don't, Connor Bedard's five nine. Nobody's going to talk about his size right. the whole year. Exactly. Nobody. You know, and like I mean, if I think the only question is, is he going to be a center or a winger? Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I it, the way it works in Buffalo right now is kind of interchangeable parts because mm-hmm. they've got so many centers right now that they're gonna have to play one or two of them on the wing. I mean, that's and I'm talking like right now, not never mind like two years in the future right. or next year when you know when it's Savoy's time to to be a saver. But um, but I I don't know a, a guy that can play the way he does. I, size doesn't matter to me. It's that he can play. And he's tremendously talented. I think that I think it was a great pickup for them because uh, this the, the way Kevin Adams and the and the scouting group have worked the last couple of years that they've been stressing skill, skill and ability, and and upside potential. Like the way it was, the way it, it seemed to work in the past that they were like, well, this guy's pretty good right now, you know, against eighteen year olds. Like, well, how does he project? Where does that work down the road? And for a lot of those guys. They didn't project down the road at all. Like they barely made it out of juniors or they barely barely made it out of college. And they may have peaked in the AHL if they even made it that far. Uh, so the, the 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 changes they've made with their philosophy on how to draft and who to draft and what to do is a lot more interesting. It's a lot more fun. Um, because before you're just kind of like, oh, okay, no, that guy was okay, I guess. You know, you get those third, fourth round picks where it's just kind of like, all right, well, I guess maybe you know maybe he'll be a Rochester guy in three years, but uh, but it's a lot more interesting now, and I, I like I like what they've done. But Savoy, geez, uh, Savoy, it's I haven't talked a lot about Savoy because I've been way more interested in one of their other first round picks this year. But Savoy, I, I think it's just I think that's just accepting that Savoy is going to be a really really good player, and then you start looking at some of the other guys and going like I think they might have got another really good one here too, maybe two of them. Yeah, they may have gotten two really good ones, but yeah, I think Savoy will be will be tre- tremendous for them. Um, let's talk uh, Eric Comrie for a minute because this is a guy that I know about. Uh, it's interesting because for a while his his trajectory was very high. Like he actually, what's what's really funny is on his um, when he played for a team called like the LA Selects. There was a year that he and Thatcher Demko were on the same team. And he was, you know, thought to be ahead of Thatcher Demko in sort of the um, the race for, you know, the next good young goalie. And, and of course, Comrie had sort of, I don't even want to say missteps. He just didn't really develop quickly. And and now, you know, the Sabres have him. And I think I think he's where he is. I think for whatever reason, he, he can handle the NHL backup job. And so I kind of wonder, you know, what do you think? his role is there game wise, like how many games, because again, he's got an opportunity to play more than most because of the starting goal, you know, being a little older with Craig Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the weird thing about how they've operated with goal, like goaltending is that um, if Comrie doesn't work out, Kevin Adams is going to be, is going to get a lot of, a lot of heat for that. Cause yeah. goaltending is something they've just, they've just kind of been, 
little ill prepared, maybe a little bit surprised by how things went. You know, I, I think they I think they basically counted on Linus Allmark coming back uh, last year. And I think they thought they had a deal like they had a deal in the bag that like he was going to come back in and then Boston offered him four years and he was gone. And they were like, oh, no, what do we do? Uh, and then you get Anderson, you get Aaron Dell, and then, you know, things just kind of went sideways from there. Anderson, they love, they absolutely love him. They, he's, you know, classic, great in the room guy. Uh, he's good for being around younger goalies. I think part of the idea was uh, bringing him in was to have him maybe work with uh, Uko Pekalukinen a little bit and maybe help getting him acclimated, but, you know, that things got different there. Lukinen had a terrible camp last year um, and rightfully went back to Rochester. I get it. Uh, but in Comrie's case, I think this is a very educated, not a guess, but like this is an educated possibility on their part because you look at the other free agent goalies that were out there. These are these are either older guys that maybe got a year left, maybe don't have anything left in them. Uh, and, you know, if Anderson's your main guy, well, you know, you, I think the most you want him playing is 30 games. Uh, in Anderson's case, I think that's the most you want to go. Um, but yeah, just, in just to add one thing, because I had mm -hmm. found something in one of my old articles. So Comrie actually in the 15 World Juniors was the starting goalie. And he actually he was playing against Demko, who was the starting goalie because and they both grew up in L.A., which in California, even though Comrie's a Canadian citizen now. Mm -hmm. um, and he was then. But you know how it is. They, they right. do those things all the time. But it's interesting because that's where he was at. Like mm -hmm. in 2015, that's where he was at. I mean, he's not that old. I mean, I no. think, I think this is a decent gamble by Adams. Yeah, I, I think this, this only happens because he was able to play like 19, 20 games last year and showed that he could play pretty well. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to be the backup in a situation like Winnipeg because Connor Hellebuck is. I mean, he's outstanding. A, but also he's going to play almost every game like he that like that guy wants to play 65 70 games if it, you know i mean goalies probably shouldn't do that but right like he's the kind of guy that like doesn't doesn't mind doing it and feels okay doing it so uh you know maybe that's maybe that's on coaching's fault for not you know giving him a little bit more rest but hey you know hard to argue with the guy that won the vezina you know two years ago and say like well you know maybe they're not doing it right okay whatever but uh but comrie took advantage of that opportunity he I, I look at, you know, he got bounced around on waivers a couple of times and it's not because he was, he did poorly. It's just, he barely played. Right. And sometimes you just, you know, you run out of room or you, you know, you, you got to do something else with something or, you know, maybe he gets hurt at the wrong time or it could have been his time to play some. And then he's, you know, he's out of the mix. And then there's only 64 of these jobs, you know? Right. So uh, to me, this is an educated and not a guess, but it's an educated move on the same educated gamble. Uh, because you saw what he he could do last year, you've got a good idea, and you compare him to like some of the older free agent guys that were available. It's like, well, I, I, we don't know for sure what those guys have left. We have a decent idea of what Comrie might be able to do, and he's younger. He hasn't had any you know serious injury issues. It's worth a shot, and if it doesn't work, I mean, you only it's only a two year commitment, and maybe you know Devin Levy's coming in. Uh, you know, next year to, to take right. the job away or, you know, what have you. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I like the move. I hope it's not one that if it turns out poorly, people just bury them, you know, get yeah, bury yeah, everybody yeah. about it. Cause I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, they weren't making it, they weren't trading prospects to get a goalie. Like that wasn't happening. Um, they weren't going to eat $10 million to take Bob away from Florida. Like it's, 
so much of that, so much of the, these other ideas that, you know, were kicked around online were just like, no, they're not doing that. There's so much about how the way the Sabres Unrealistic. Run. Yeah, like, there's so much about the way Wait, the Sabres... But you're saying Twitter could be unrealistic? Is that I'm, what you're saying? Listen, I'm waiting for the hot take <laughs> off again saying that, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but it's... The Sabres are, like, they're mysterious, but, like, it's... There's a lot of things about them right now that's very easy to see. Like, there's just moves they aren't going to do, and Dropping a ton of money to bring in a goal, you know, dropping prospects to bring in a goalies. That was not one of the moves that they were going to. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. We'll be back with more of our conversation with Joe Yarden coming up next. So a guy you got to see a lot of on Buffalo, who's now at the Flyers, Rasmus Ristolainen. And... Uh, always a great topic of conversation. We did a deep dive on his season on Monday's show, but we're just curious about your perspective if you got to see him on the Flyers and how you think that transition went for him. Uh, I did watch. I I had to watch him on the Flyers. I had to see. Of course, you did. I had to see. <laughs> uh, I had a pretty good feeling of how it was going to go, and I think I think it met those expectations. Uh, which is not a positive thing for the Flyers, because uh, to me, I listen. I love Risso. I, as a dude, he's a, he's just a super guy. He's very quirky. He's funny. Um, he's I don't know. I, I know uh, you know. I basically been watching this kid since he was like you know 19 years old since he came over to North America. Like it's it's very weird to watch a guy go from that to like what he is now, and have it just be kind of like he's he's okay, but. You know, uh, he—it's—it's it's very weird that he became a—he became an instant guy that was thrown into like those advanced stat versus normal stat wars online, uh, because advanced stat people were pointing out very clear evidence that like this dude can't hack it. Um, to which you know I'm guilty of giving him kind of a pass for that. I was like, listen, he played on one of the worst teams ever put together on ice. And yeah, of course he was, of course his numbers were terrible. They were getting outshot every night, 90 to, you know, 25, like, you know, shot, <laughs> I'm talking shot attempts, not like shots on goal, shots on goal. That was maybe like, you know, one out of every 30 games are getting out shot like that. But like, but shot attempts, like they were, they were one of the worst shot attempt differential teams of all time, I, I, which is staggering to watch. And he played 20 minutes a night on that team. Uh, so of course he got buried. Of course he looked like crap. And he, unfortunately for him and for Buffalo and, Maybe even for Philly, he learned a lot of. There was a lot of habits that he picked up at that time that he hasn't he hasn't given up because you get playing one way, then you get paid five million dollars a year after playing that way. It's like, well, you know, what do I got to change? What am I doing different? Like, uh, I can't change because this is what got me. You know, this is what got me here. But um, but playing for you know playing for Ted Nolan, another guy that I love. Ted Style was Ted Style was died and lived in the mid nineties. It was not meant to be around in 2015, 2014. Um, you know, when you, when you're asking your defenseman to not skate the puck out of the zone, uh, you're asking them to dump it off the glass and get it out all the time. You're going to pick up terrible habits. And I think that's what's happened to Risto. And, but he tries so hard. He, 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 you're never, he's never going to be at fault for not, you know, for, for, for having, for lacking effort. Like that is just, that is never going to be his case. And, it's it's weird because early on in his career, like there would be some he'd make a mistake, you know, very obvious mistake, and that was you could bank on it. He would never make that mistake again, the you know ever you know the rest of the season you'd never see him do that 
that particular thing ever again. It just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's, you know, reading, reading where, you know, the defense is supposed to go, reading how offenses attack, all those kinds of things. I think he struggles with that. Uh, but if it's like go out, hit people, take shots. Yeah, he's got it. Like he's got it down. But, um, but for more elaborate sort of plans and whatnot, I don't know, man. He, I, I like him so much that I want to see him succeed. But it's it's very it. I take I took no pride in being like I know exactly how this is gonna work in Philly, and to see it play out exactly that way. I was like, well, I was right, but I hate that I was right. Well, what if Torts fixes him? That's what is going to be making him is going to make him worth watching again this mm. year. Uh, because I, because all I can think of is how Torts made Anton Strahlman a fantastic defenseman. Yeah. The and Leafs hated him. They, they hate him because he didn't play any defense because he only wanted to, all he wanted to do was, was play on offense, score points yep. and do that. He didn't give a crap about playing defense. No. And then he became one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's nuts that it was like, a, it is nuts. Like flipping a switch. He just went like that. So I, I imagine with the investment that they've put into Risto and the work that in the minutes he plays, all that stuff. Now, Torres has got his hands full because he's got to work on like three different guys. Three? The back line. Well, I mean, guys, they're very concerned. Like Provorov, Ristolainen, at least like, I'm, I'm happy for Cam York that York's going to at least get to work with him right away. Like that'll, yeah. that'll keep the bad habits out of his game. But uh, We're hoping, yeah. Right. But I think, but I think with Risto... If anybody can, if anybody can address and fix how he's going to play the game, it's Torts. And you know, I know the Torts thing is very hot button. I know we've had those conversations a thousand times with other teams about Torts. But if he can get through to guys, that those lessons stay with those guys forever, and they're better players for it. And I really, I really want Risto to be one of those guys because I think because all the pieces are there, like the physical, the size, the strength, um, his shot. You know, he can handle the puck. All that stuff is there. It's just it doesn't all come together on the same night too often. All right. That is part one of our conversation with Joe Yarden. We'll have the other half where we talk more about the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher and the state of things. Uh, again, really great conversation. So we wanted to bring you the whole thing. We will wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. And it's been sort of Reading Royals themed recently with their new jerseys that are gorgeous. We just talked about Hayden Hodgson, who spent some time with the Royals. Well, this time I was absolutely floored when they announced their opening night festivities for the Royals this season, October 29th. They are having an outdoor concert and block party with the spin doctors. Like how fun is that? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, that, that city knows how to rock. I've been there a few times for, for different shows. And I do like the song was a pocket full of kryptonite and they have a few others. Um, They really rock out. I mean, this is great. This is terrific for fans. Uh, What a great idea. Uh, Little Miss can't be wrong, Mm -hmm. as they say. (laughs) All right. That will do it for today's show. Again, we'll be back on Friday with more conversation with Joe Yurden. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. You can send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. 
You made us your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go check out the ultimate pro football preview for 2022, an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for this NFL season, local team experts from the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL insiders are coming together in one ultimate NFL preview. Search for ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.